Hey everyone, and welcome back to the newest edition of the Swoop Radio Station here. It's your boy, Josh Sanchez, and I am here with sports psychologist Christian from Boston. Christian, give a quick shout out real quick and uh, tell everyone about your podcast. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me, man. This is awesome. So uh, my name is Christian Gujanov. I live just outside of Boston. Uh, my, my podcast is called Peak Performance Principle. So I work in sports psychology and the whole show is just about, you know, what what are the principles that the best athletes do? Like, what are the best, what are the principles that the best performers do, right? Like, all of us have had these moments where we perform at our best. So the things we talk about are just like, these are the principles that you need to do in order to be at your best. And we try to share some, obviously, being working in sports psychology, we have quite a few uh, exercises and challenges and tools that we, we share as well. So the whole thing is just helping you be at your peak man all right now first question for uh for for you christian yeah um obviously i'm very curious to know because i actually am considering becoming a sports psychologist mm-hmm. so what do you what do like sports psychologists do on a typical day no that's, that's a great question man i think uh it depends kind of on what you're doing so there's kind of like i guess like there's two main routes like to to work in sports psychology one is like an academic so there's people in sports psychology that will teach, like they're researchers, they're in academics, they're professors, and then there's the applied route. So the applied route was more intriguing to me, and that's what I do now. So I, I do more of the applied work, which is working with different teams and individuals on mental performance techniques. So things like self-talk, visualization, uh, we talk about goal setting a lot. So there's kind of those two routes. So like some people are really good at teaching and it's kind of more of a kind of a traditional professor job. And then there's the applied route, which is more of like, honestly, man, it's kind of more of the hustle, you know, like you got to put yourself out there. Like you got to go get work. You got to go meet with teams and work with companies. So there's those two ways to kind of do it. So I think it's a really good field because it allows people to, you know, if you're really good at teaching and you just want to be a professor and like you just want to teach at a college, and work with some of the college teams, like you can do that. You know, if you want to hustle and be an entrepreneur and like make your own business and like build a brand and a product, like you can do that. And it's like the, the, the stuff that you learn as from the education you get is it works with everybody. Like, and I think the field is kind of evolving to where like within it, within the name sports psychology, it almost kind of like pigeonholes us with just working with athletes. Mm-hmm. When most, like, I have a bunch of, like, I'd probably say, like, 60% of my clients are not athletes. Like, they're sales reps, they're, they're business owners, uh, they're just, you know, they own, they own a small company or whatever it is, right? Like, I work with a lot of people that, like, lawyers, a few doctors, like, everyone, everyone performs mentally. So, yeah. within the field of sports psychology, like, a lot of the terminology is changing into more, like, a mental performance coaching and mental performance consulting than like sports psychology so it's kind of evolving in that sense okay now now what are some of the um some of the teams that you worked on in the past that worked with so i work with a few kind of college programs my my biggest clients i work with now is is tb12 sports therapy and in foxborough here so i work a lot with their athletes with a lot of the people at the center there and then i work i've actually worked with a lot with pt clinics so elliott pt is a big one out here in new england Foundation Performance is a big one in Rhode Island. Um, and then I work with a few kind of just small club teams, like AAU teams. Okay. 
yeah, it like 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 that like that's awesome. Uh, being yeah. able to just like go around day to day. So your day pretty much varies. So like one day you might be in Rhode Island, the next day you might work on an AAU team. Yeah, man, you kind of go. So my my day. I mean, if I showed you my planner, dude, it's a freaking mess. I've got things highlighted and all sorts of different stuffs kind of all over the place, but. Yeah, I mean, in order to be kind of good at the job, you definitely have to organize your time really well. And But yeah, my, my days, like some days I'll be, you know, on DB12 all day. Some days I'll be, you know, at my office just taking it one-on-one clients that I have. Other days, like last night, I mean, last night I was in three different states yesterday doing <laughs> doing, doing the work. So it's New, New England small, I guess. It, it, it sounds worse than it is. But. Okay. Now now talk to me a little bit about the, the, the benefits. Like what do you love most? about being a sports psychologist honestly man i love helping people dude it's it's amazing to see the reason i got into it is because i was so fascinated with how i I always wanted to help people like that was something that from a young age like i just loved helping people no matter what it was if it was just talking listening like helping people figure something out at work or whatever at school like it was always fun to do that but i always and i loved athletes like i just loved I, i played sports growing up like i loved being around athletes and it professionally, I think the biggest gratification that I get professionally is being able to work with people that want to get better and I can help them get better. Yeah. Like that's it, dude. Like I'll have some athletes in here, dude. And they'll like, I'll show them something like, like, like a, like a mind map of like, Hey, this is why you think like this. And they're just like taking notes and they're just like going like so deep into it. And they walk out of here and they're just like, Holy crap, dude, that, like, that was amazing. Like, I have no idea what just happened, but like, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Like that is like the win for me. Like, you, and then like, and then you get paid doing it, which is like even better. Like that's even, that's even, no, no, no. Like you paid me to do this. <laughs> like, like I, I completely get what you're saying. Like the purpose of like helping somebody and, and the purpose of like making uh, their yeah. lives better. That's always been like, yeah, a goal dude, of mine especially working well. with people that want to get better. Right. Like I think in psychology and like mental health, there's sometimes people that just don't necessarily want to get better. Mm-hmm. And like, if you want, like the clients that I work with, man, like if you're talking to me, dude, you want to get better. Like you are ready to do this. Like you're ready to go. You're motivated. Like a lot of the, my, my first, I did my internship at TB12 when I was uh, getting my degree. And I was blown yeah. away by these kids, dude. Like these high school kids are just so motivated. They're soaking it in. They understand these things. I'm like, dude, when I was 15, I had no idea what goal setting was. Like, I didn't know how to set a goal when I was 15 years old. These guys are like, they have like six years of goal setting behind their back already. And they're like, you know, a junior in high school. (laughs) So they're just so motivated. And it's just amazing to work with people that want to get better. Yeah. And when I, when you can help them do that, man, I mean, it's, it's the most gratifying thing ever. It's the best job in the world. Okay. Now it's, now let's transition a little bit. We're going to talk about. I wanted to talk a little bit about like what are some like mental health practices that you teach mm-hmm. to your clients about sports psychology. No, that's awesome, man. So I think one of the things that always comes up is knowing why you do what you do, right? So when, when we talk about like improvement and we talk about you know these mental practices that we can develop, there's got to be a reason behind why you're doing it. A lot of times people will take on like you know they'll say like I want to meditate more or you know, I want to set some really good goals because it's January and that's what we do in January, apparently. And, you know, it's the one time a year you set goals. So, you know, whatever that is, whatever those techniques are, like I, my, my very, very first thing is I, I want you to understand why do you want to do this? 
Like what's what why what's the motivation behind it? Why do you want to do it? And then let's figure out what systems are currently in place in your life that can help you achieve it. You'd be surprised how many people already have a really good system that they're just not really utilizing as much. Yeah. And like the, they, they have a system that's working for them. So we just want to amplify that system instead of like, you know, rerouting the whole thing and coming up, reinventing the wheel for them. Let's just use what you have and be able to increase your performance where you're at and be able to help them use utilize those better systems. And then it, the last thing is kind of more, not the, I guess last thing, but kind of about the, this main thing is making sure that they know like this is a daily thing. This is a day, you have to do this every single day. This you, you can't just go to the gym once a week and expect you're going to get ripped. Yeah. Right? You, you, the same thing with mental stuff. You can't just come to me for an hour and like we meditate for an hour and that was really cool. And then like we talked about, you know, goal setting and we did this for an hour. Like that was awesome. And then you leave and you never think about it again. Like you have to have daily reminders to be able to really go through it. So you're going through a mental gym. That, that's how we, that's how I view it. Like you're going to the gym. If you want to get better mentally, you got to do it every single day. Okay. And, and, and I like that. You're sort of like painting a picture, like the mental gym. Like if you're going, if you want to work on your mental health and you want to get stronger mentally, yeah, um, you got to continue to work day in yeah, and man, day your out. mind's a muscle, dude. You got to work out that muscle. And a lot of people think they have a mental six pack, but like they don't. And that's what I want to help people get, dude. Get, let's get you a freaking mental six pack. <laughs> I love it. But um, uh, trans transitioning a little bit, sort of like similar to your topic. We all know like Tom Brady mentally is mm-hmm. one of the best NFL players. Yeah. And in, in, of, of all time in terms of his mental ability, because we all know physically he's not the fastest quarterback. He doesn't right. have like the best arm, but just mentally Tom Brady just has that edge over everyone. What do you think Tom Brady has mentally that other players just simply don't have? It's a great question, man. I mean, I, Tom is just one of the, he's just such a perfect example of mental performance and and utilizing mental performance. I I think one of the things that kind of sets him apart is he, he knows why he's doing what he's doing and there's kind of a bigger purpose to it. I, I feel like he can almost see the bigger picture mm-hmm. while other, like he's like you know the phrase like they're playing chess but everyone else is playing checkers like yeah. he can see that so I think he has this vision I think his vision is incredibly powerful and his ability to stick to it like like nothing can shake that mm-hmm. it's a freaking mental fortress like doesn't matter what's going on like you will it's impermeable to anything so I think the things that sets him apart, right? Like physically, you're totally right, man. Like he's not the fastest, biggest, strongest anywhere. I mean, he runs like an accountant. And, <laughs> but the things that sets him apart, right? The mental stuff that he does, he's able to stay in the moment. Pressure doesn't really get to him. I think it's just because he sees the bigger picture. Like he sees the bigger idea of what's going on. And he knows that this one play, it, it's not going to ruin us. It's not going to define the whole thing. And he understands that there's it's a long game and there's there's a lot of, a lot of room to go. But I think he has that bigger vision of it, right? So in to to me, when I look at performance and peak performers, there's four pretty much elements to peak performance. One of those is physical, like you have to have physical ability. The second thing is mental, like you have to be able to think clearly and stay focused on stuff. 
And then the third is you have to be tech, you have to have technique. Like you have to, in order to perform really good, you have to have proper techniques and mechanics. And then tactically, you need to be able to know the plays. So those four things, like Tom physically, maybe not the best, but mentally, yeah, dude, he's got it on point. He, he, he sets goals. He, can, he, he has great self-talk. He uses that to his advantage. He has great technique. I mean, the guy spends months working on how to adjust his throw just a little bit more. And tactically, no one studies plays more than he does. Yeah. Right. So essentially he's a peak performer because even though physically he's not that great, but he kind of in a way almost like he compensates with just being so tactically sound, knowing the playbook better than everyone, knowing the scheme better than anyone and being so mentally tough that he doesn't need to be in a physical freak to perform at his best. Yeah. Some other yeah, people yeah. do. Like some other people, they need to be physically freaks to be able to perform at their best. And because mentally, like they're just weak. So you can kind of compensate for some of those areas. But at the end of the day, like those are the four main things that, you know, if you want to play at your best and Tom's kind of mastered a lot of this stuff because he's just cares. He cares so much. Yeah, yeah, and, and you're right. I, I can definitely see how much he cares and stuff like that. And like you made a great point about focus. And one and one of the big like things a lot of athletes have problems with is just maintaining focus throughout the game. Uh, what do you think is one of the main reasons why players lose focus during a game? I think they get distracted. They they get distracted off the bigger picture, man. I think they they lose sight of why they're really doing it. And I mean, you know, there's a lot of examples. I mean, you, you, you can, we can go over lists and lists of people that just lose their cool in a game or lack focus. At the end of the day, I think they, they don't know where to put their confidence in. That's why you lose your focus. Tom knows that he, no matter what's going on, he can be confident that his preparation, he's going to succeed. So mm-hmm. he doesn't need to lose confidence because he, he doesn't need to lose focus because he's confident that like, yeah, like I'm prepared. Like I don't need to lose focus. So a lot of people that lose focus, it's just, you don't know where to put your confidence in, in those situations. And so now you just, you don't, you feel like you don't have any other choice, but to like lose focus. So I think, I think it's, you have to be able to people lose focus because they don't know where to put their confidence in. So if you're, if you're mentally, like if you're super tough, if you go through all the drills that like some of the skills that I teach people, right? If you're really good with self-talk, you're, you can visualize, you've seen it before. You can do all these things. You just don't lose focus because you're so well prepared that you, there's no room in your mind to lose focus. It's so on point and it's so focused that there's no room for unfocus. Yeah. And uh, of course, last question, we all know you're from Boston. Um, yeah. How do you feel about the whole Robert Kraft situation in Boston? And, yeah. Uh, what do you think his? Do you think he should be punished for what he did? You know, that's a good question, man. I mean, it's such a hot topic around. I mean, here especially, but I mean, glow like worldwide too. I mean, I mean, it's such a. You know, I I think the, when I first heard about it, man, like I was so I was sad at first. I was really kind of disappointed. But, you know, I, I think that there's kind of two sides to it, I think. I mean, there's obviously, you know, you know, an, an older guy like that getting a little, you know, get a little side piece like that, you know, going there, doing stuff like that. Like, 
I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if that is necessarily bad. I mean, there's a whole nother side to it, dude. If he's like involved in human trafficking, right? Like that's a totally different ball game. Like that's a different conversation that we're having. Yeah. Which I just, I have such a hard time seeing him involved in something like that. Like that just blows my mind. That would completely blow my mind. And, okay. you know, I, I think, yeah, there needs to be punishment. Like obviously going to a, you know, a, one of the massage part like that, like little rub and tugs like that. Like, yeah, like <laughs> soliciting prostitution is illegal. So like, yeah, there should be punishment. Now, do I think the NFL should do the punishment? I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. If, and, and like, if he gets suspended for not going to some games, like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, I understand that. But like, if you're, if you're going to start hurting like the Patriots, like if you're taking away draft picks, if you're, you know, if you're doing stuff like that, like I think that's a little, that's a little stretch for me. I don't think that's right, but yeah, I mean, I, I think he should get punished for what he did. At the end of the day, I mean, he broke the law. Like he should definitely get punished. Okay. For what now, he did, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know if the if the NFL starts, you know, handing out Roger Goodell starts handing out, you know, suspensions and like taking away draft picks. You're gonna have a freaking riot on your hands. <laughs> now, real quick, do you think there's there's a quick there's a quick little question, and then uh, mm-hmm. and then uh, we'll, we'll wrap everything up. Yeah. But um, how do you, how do you feel um about Kyrie in this offseason? Do you think he will stay in Boston, or do you think he will leave? Dude, that's that's a good that's such a man again. Dude, I I'm torn, dude. I'm so torn. I freaking <laughs> love the guy's talent, but the dude, man, I just. Being in sports psychology, man, like I would love to work with Kyrie, man. Like, there's some things, bro. Like, we need to figure <laughs> some stuff out, man. So, I do, man. I, 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 I think he's gonna walk. I'll be honest, dude. I, I, I don't think he's gonna stay. Okay. I think the New York thing. I think it depends on what Durant does. I think it depends on what some of these other guys do. And I think, I think after this season, I think he's kind of realized that he's. He's not a 1A, right? Like, he's a 1B. Yeah. He's definitely not a 2. He's definitely, he's definitely, he's not a, he's not some, like, scrub. Like, he's not going to be your, if he's your second best player on your team, like, you're going to win champ. You beat Golden State as him as your best second player on the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, he's a great, like, he's a, he's the best number two in the league, but he's a good 1A. Yeah. But I don't think he's, or a good 1B, I mean, like, I don't yeah, think he's, he's not, like, like, the guy. I get like, it. Like, Durant is 1A. Kyrie's 1B like they're yeah. both really good but Durant's better yeah. so he needs I think he need, I think he's learned that like he needs someone like that and I think it goes like expectations dude like Boston bro like dude we we were like we were hanging up the 18th banner like before the season started like it was getting sewn and like we were gonna hang it up like before the season started because <laughs> we thought we we're just gonna win it like we did we made it we almost made it to the finals with like with no Keenum one, our best guy, like no one, like yeah. our two best guys. One guy broke his leg, and the other one, whatever the hell he did. But you know, it's it was it was tough, and now the expectations were so high that it's tough in a locker room to to feel like to feel like that and to be that good when, in reality, like way way high, way too high of expectations. So right. yeah, I, I don't think he stays, dude. I think he walks. Okay, I I, I can, I, and I'm agreement with you. I think he is going to walk in this offseason I just I just think right now especially what, what happened yesterday between him and oh Marcus Smart God. but um but again thank you Christian again for thank coming you, out uh real quick give a quick shout out to your show before we wrap everything up and I have all my guests everyone that I interview on Swoop Radio you got to give me your best swoop uh mm-hmm. sound 
But first, give a quick shout out to your show, End It With Swoop, and then uh, we'll wrap it up. You got it, man. Thank you. Thank you. So the show is Peak Performance Principles. Uh, we're talking, if you, if you want to get better, man, if you want to improve your performance, no matter what you're doing, athlete, sales, whatever you're doing, man, if you want to improve your performance, come check it out. Peak Performance Principles. Every We talk about all the principles that you need to play at your best. So come check it out. And I'm going to give you a countdown. Ready? Three, two, one. Swoop! <laughs> I love it, man. <laughs> all right, my man. Thank you. All right, of course. Be safe out there in Boston. All right, baby. City champions. <laughs> of course. Have a good one. All right, baby. See ya. See ya.